Hey, welcome to episode 148 of the Bobbycast, which let me recommend that you check out some of our other podcasts here on the Nashville Podcast Network. If you're a sports fan, the Sore Losers, which is Raymundo, Eddie, and Lunchbox, they have that show. Amy has Four Things with Amy Brown. There's Velvet's Edge podcast. There's a lot. You can go to, um, what is it, the NashvillePodcastNetwork.com yep. and see all the shows. So we have a lot of shows, and next year we will be building out even more. And so uh, this is episode 148. It's the year-end episode where I called Mike today, and I was like, hey, it's one of the last days we're going to be in town before we, we jump away. We're, I mean, I'm officially on vacation. What is today? Is today Monday? It is Monday. Uh, I was in Birmingham, Alabama today. Is It's our one day off on the Dancing with the Stars tour, and I was in my hotel room, and I was like... I do not feel like sitting in a hotel for 28, 30 hours when home is like two and a half hours away. So I rented a car and just drove home. And I've been so under the weather, mostly because I can't, I haven't been sleeping at all. I mean, basically for four months. I got Dancing with the Stars and started uh, doing all that. And it was so physically demanding. And I think it just finally caught up with me. And then I've been on this Dancing with the Stars live tour. And um, I did, after I did Idol, so I've just been sick, uh, so I came home, which laying in bed. But that Dancing with the Stars live tour has been fun. I don't have to dance a lot, which is awesome. Pfft. What I, do you do, though? What do you do when you get out of there? So I, I do a little dancing, but I purposefully said, hey, I would like to dance as little as you can make me dance. I get dance anxiety now because I just think about dancing on that show and how nervous and anxious I would get, and I just don't like dancing like that anymore. Like, I think I'm a better dancer for it, and I've always had decent rhythm, but you can tell if you watch the show, I wasn't the best ballroom dancer. And so, I was like, hey, let me not do as many dances. And so, I do, um, I host, right? So, I host, and usually the host just goes out and says, here's what's happening, and then leaves. And I was like, hey, since I'm not dancing as much, I'm just going to go out and do some comedy. So, I go out at like four different parts of the show, and the show's an hour and 40 minutes, and I just do stand-up related to Dancing with the Stars. And it's pretty good. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. And they weren't expecting it. <clears throat> and so um, I went out and rather than ask permission, I thought I would go out and just ask for forgiveness later. So I went out in the first, you know, you go out, 45 seconds what was written on my card on the live show. And I was like, nah, let's just see what happens. So I go out and I walk out and I tell three or four jokes. And the crowd was laughing pretty good. And then they danced, and I was like, well, no one told me not to do that anymore. So I went out again and did more jokes. And so, yeah, it's good. And the, the tour's really good. Like, those guys are such good dancers. And I just didn't want to ruin the tour, because it's so <laughs> good. So if the show does come by, the live show, and now you can afford it, because tickets are pretty steep. I think they're like 60 or 70 bucks. Um, go to the, I would recommend you go to the show. You posted that picture, and they're like perfectly sculpted human beings. Oh, all the insane. men. Yeah. yeah. It's nutty. How in shape. And... And they're also in shape because they've been in shape for so long. Like, I, I think they work out. I don't know. But they dance so much. I don't know how they have so many muscles up top. It's like, insane. It's insane. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're really, like I've always said about that show, I was never really loving the dancing part of it. I was always enjoying the people part of it. And I was always enjoying also the sociology of it, like trying to figure out how to win something by not being the best at the exact thing you're doing. And like m most things in life, it's, it's never about, let's say you have a job as an accountant, and you're trying to get a promotion. It's never about really just being the best accountant. 
it's about can you be a really good accountant and also be uh, nice to people and be pleasant for your bosses to be around and be somebody who's trustworthy and be like it's never really about what you think it's about. A big part of it is, and <clears throat> for me on that dancing show, I did get to be a better dancer, but to me it was about all the other things, the sociology of it, the human part of it. And so uh, that being said, the two things that I, I took away from that show was that one, the people on that show were great, and I, I did that in that podcast, you know, What You Didn't Know, the true untold story. And then two, for me it was, I felt like if I could want a dancing show, because I've always had aspirations to be the governor of Arkansas, maybe be the president one day. I left that show going, oh, I can for sure do that. Because I always wondered, because I've built a road, I've built a highway. And by the way, we're going to go back over all the year stuff. I don't even plan to talk about this. I felt like I've built this road, and I drive the car that I built down the road that I built, and we have all of our people that are also on the same highway with us. They know what to expect. They, they know every day when I come on the air, I come on the podcast, or they read a book, what they're going to get. They're... They've kind of subscribed to me, and I've subscribed to them. We, but I didn't know if you put me on a highway that I didn't build, like Dancing with the Stars, because those people didn't know me. They had no, if that would still resonate, and it did, like, like our message still resonated. And so I felt like, man, I really can do this. That show has inspired me to do, you know, uh, bigger things. You know, so I, I think I was talking to one of my friends who'd been on the show last night, and uh, she was on the show, and she didn't win, but she did really well. And she was like, I, you know, I just love to dance, love to dance. And she was like, do you love to dance? I was like, no. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't actually, I think I like dancing less. Like, the physical part of dancing, I think I, I like it less than I did. And then she was like, well, I don't feel like that you're taking the show seriously. I said, oh, you're wrong. I took something completely different away from that show than you did. To me, it was not about learning to dance. It was about can, you know, what I and what we stand for actually be shared with people that have no idea who we are and they still embrace it. And it did. It worked. And so I think she was irritated because I won and she didn't win. And she really wanted to win. I did too. But it wasn't about, I didn't want to win because I was the best dancer. She wanted to win because she was the best dancer. So she's still irritated at me uh, for <laughs> winning. And that was with the conversation. She was like, I just feel like you're making light of it. I was like, you're out of your mind making light of it just because I took something completely different away from it than you did. I said, it changed my life. And it has nothing to do with dance. I was talking to um, Rashad, who won two or three seasons ago. And so uh, he's NFL running back, and he went on and won Dancing with the Stars. And he loves dance because he's up. I think he's hosting a, a set of touring shows after I'm done. Mm -hmm. Loves dance, has continued to dance, has continued to learn. And he's like, how, how have you continued your, your dancing? And I was like, oh, I haven't. <laughs> and I'm not. Like, I was never good at it. And... I, uh, I was only going to get so much better. But it's just funny how the people, uh, what people take away from it. You know, and I've said before that I always felt bad for Sharna, who, and by the way, Sharna and I have grown much closer with humans since the show ended because during that show, it's just bam, 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 bam. You're together all the time and you're trying to fit in human time in between training time. But um, I was talking to uh, him about how Sharna had to learn to teach differently with me than any of her, because she had a bunch of athletes in a row, like six, I think six athletes in a row or five athletes in a row, like professional athletes. And regardless if you know how to dance or not, if you're a professional athlete, you know how to use your body. You know what works, what doesn't work, uh, you, movements. So when she got me, it was the first non-athletic person she had had in a long time. And so I was like, yeah, she had to learn because I'm here, here with a piece of paper and a pen going, uh, three degrees, turn to the left, four degrees, left knee, left knee. And I was like, I had to write it all down. And he was blown away by that. <laughs> but everybody's different. Everybody learns different. 
Uh, that was a big deal for me this last year. I guess we could start with that. Uh, for me, and just because we came off of it, 2018, this is the year-end episode. Uh, the Dancing with the Stars thing was crazy for me. I really didn't know if I was going on it. I knew that I had... I'd been So I, I started the year going on American Idol for just a few episodes. And it was really... Just to be honest, I was going on for one episode, I think. And I went on, and they paid me not, nothing, basically, for free. I think I made a union, which is the bare minimum that you can pay somebody, that you, you can't have somebody work for you, which is why we can't have interns on our show that are free, because you can't legally have people work for you in certain places and not compensate them with something. And so I did American Idol, and they paid me. They paid me the, the, the minimum. And I was okay with that, because I knew I could go on, and hopefully do a good job if they would ask me to come back. And they did. So I did a second episode. And I got paid minimum. And f- again, it was never, never, never about the money with, with that show. This is the first of 2018. Because um, don't worry, they're paying me now. Um, and so I go, and then they asked me back. And then even at the end when I was doing episodes, they were paying me, but it was, it was a little bit more, but it was never anything substantial. But I didn't need anything substantial. To me, that investment was, let me just get on a show and see if people like what I do and how I talk to people and hopefully how I teach people and how I interview people. And it was an investment. I probably lost money going on American Idol the first of the year. Um, but it's never about money with me. And so I was just talking to a friend who's getting into uh, hosting. And they were like, hey, I have to lose money. I was like, who cares? Like, go invest in yourself. Sometimes it's about taking, you know, two full steps back to be able to jump as hard as you can forward. And so I do Idol. And it was a big look for me. And that's whenever I signed this deal with ABC. It was right after that. And so they were like, wow, you're cool. And I was like, I'm not really that cool. I'm just different. And they were like, okay, you're right. You're not that cool, <laughs> but you are different. And so, so I signed this deal with ABC for uh, a whole network deal. And they said, okay, we're, uh, we want you to come do Miss America. We're, we're going to sign we get this Idol thing lined up. If Idol gets renewed, this is way early. It was right after Idol last season. Um, and they had mentioned Dancing with the Stars. And I was like, oh, it sounded fun in theory. Um, and, I, and I was like, okay. So a couple of months had gone by with this ABC deal because it was a whole world. They want me to like, create shows for them too. And I was like, okay, great. And so Idol goes by, which is a huge look for me, and I was super pumped and just grateful they put me on a show. And I was well-received. And I felt like they ed- the, the team there was amazing. They edited me wonderfully. And so I come off that and... They're like, okay, uh, we're going to work on a new deal and get you as full-time on Idol. I said, okay, great. This is like May or June of last year. They said, okay, come do Miss America. And then, from, and then after that, oh, man, Dance of the Stars would be perfect. And it had been mentioned before, but I didn't know. And I was like, man, because I knew I had to, like Mike, when you and I talked, we had to move out there. Yeah. And that was a big deal because mm-hmm. we had to move out to Los Angeles. And I travel and do the show sometimes from other places if I do theater events. But to actually move somewhere and live somewhere in a different time zone without the crew for months at a time, uh, to me, I didn't know if that was fair. Uh, so we talked about it, and I was right in the middle of negotiating, uh, for me, the most fulfilling radio deal of my career, which I signed a five-year deal this year. And it was, it's everything that I ever imagined I could do in radio. I've always had uh, aspirations of doing like a talk show on television, but I've always wanted to do radio, and I don't think I'll ever get out of radio. Uh, and radio changes. Radio's going to change. This is radio to me right now. This is radio too. So I do that idol. I put out a book, that second book, and I was scared to death that book was going to bomb. Not because I wrote it any better or worse than the first book, but because 
I thought, what if that first book was just lucky? And I was like, oh, and I was so self-conscious putting that book out and was worried about I mean, myself. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot if, it, if people read it. And it did, it did well. It was a bestseller. It was the number one bestseller. And I was like, wow. And it's right off the idle stuff. And I was like, ooh, really, we're really cooking here. I signed a new radio deal. And Dancing with the Stars is coming up. And it was like a week before the announce. And we had... We were still going back and forth because I wanted to do the show. I decided in my heart I wanted to do the show, but because it overlapped with Idol for a big for like a month, and Idol wanted me to come on full time. And there was also another show, uh, another country music show that was on a cable network. I believe it's it's over now, but they wanted me to come on and host the show. So for the first time in my life, I had all these options. And there's another show on Fox uh, with the people singing the costumes mm-hmm. that all those shows had come at me, and they were like, hey. We think you're cool now. And I was like, oh, I've always been the same. Like, Idol's the one that gave people the first look at me. I've, I've, I haven't got any better at anything. The people at Idol just took a chance on me first. So I had all these decisions to make. And so, which was a fantastic place to be. And so I'm stressing a bit because I've never really had these opportunities. And I'm going, okay, I'm going to do Dancing with the Stars. And I'm going to tape Idol while I'm doing Dancing with the Stars. I didn't know how hard Dancing with the Stars would be. Or I didn't know that I would be so bad. Probably a combination of the two. Because most people can juggle things while they do that show. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm committed to Dancing with the Stars. And I'm just going to do Idol in the last you know, few weeks of Dancing with the Stars. Or, as I thought, after I get kicked off, I'll go right to Idol. And that's what ABC said, too. Right When you get kicked off, you go to Idol. Because nobody expected me to win. Listen, when the Vegas odds came out, I was last. I wasn't mm-hmm. even, like, middle. I was last. And so... I go on Dancing with the Stars, as you guys know, and it's not that I danced wonderfully the first episode, uh, but I got through it, and I fell down, and I made an impact. I just wanted people, there were 13 people, I think I just wanted people to know who I was. Um, And every week, as I worked at getting better to be a dancer, I worked at how can I connect with people? It could be happy or sad. It's like a radio show. Like, how can I connect with people? Funny. It didn't matter. I just wanted to be different. And my whole life I've been different, and I always felt like that was a bad thing. Because everybody would tell you how weird you are, how different you are, how stupid you are. But finally, in the last few years, I've really figured out that man, being different is, and being unique is really where the worth is. Because we're all different and unique. We just we see everything cool. We're like, oh, we want to be like that. And then all of a sudden, we're one of a million minions, and nobody pays attention. And so I was like, I'm going to be, so, I'm be different on this show. Uh, my poor partner had to figure out how to teach me. I go to Dancing with the Stars. There was a point at Dancing with the Stars that I was supposed to go do the American Idol auditions in the cities where you're supposed to fly around. Mm-hmm. And all season, I'd been just uh, killing myself, relatively speaking, because I was doing the radio show every day. I was flying around doing comedy dates. I was training six, seven to sometimes 13 hours a day dancing because I was taking that show so seriously in that I wanted to get as good as I could for the competition part of it. Not so much to be a better dancer for the rest of my life, but because I was in a competition. And so uh, we're dancing. And at one point they called and said, hey, ABC called and said, don't come to the Idol auditions because you need to stay and keep doing Dancing with the Stars. Not that they were going to take me off the show, but they were gonna, there would be two or three days at a time I couldn't train. And I couldn't afford not to train even for one day. We never took a day off during the show. And so I um, was like, okay. I didn't really know what to, to to think of that, and I'm, right now, and I'm just speculating, because they said, don't come do Idol and stay on Dancing with the Stars. Now, my judges' scores were always like sevens and eights, occasional sixes. And I was like, man, either they know I'm going home this week, 
or I must be doing really well in the voting and they can't have me be bad on the show, like really bad and still survive. And so it turns out my, what I think now is we were doing, and I think I have a pretty good reason to think this, that Sharon and I were doing so well in the voting that they were like, you, you have a real chance to win this. You need to stay and, and do this. So they took me off idle. So when they go to like Idaho and they're doing uh, all the, uh, Charleston, wherever they are, doing the, I'm not there and I'm supposed to be there in those episodes. But they took me off those, but they still paid me because I was under oh, contract. Dang. And I just, got a, I just got paychecks for all those a minute ago. I looked at my bank account and I was like, huh, what's this all for? <laughs> Because I've only worked on Idol for like a week and a half to this point. And, but yeah, they still paid me for all those weeks because they took me off of Idol. I didn't pull out. They took me off of Idol. Um, so I go to Dance with the Stars. We freaking win the show. It's crazy. I'm just doing a quick recap of my year before I get to this other stuff. It's crazy. Uh, Sharon and I win. She hasn't won ever. And she's been in the final so many times. I was like the second worst dude dancer on the show. Maybe the fifth overall worst dancer because there were people that were worse dancers than me I wasn't the second worst dancer I was the worst in the finale I was the worst after a while this controversy because good people kept getting kicked off but what people don't understand people are like it's not a popularity contest yes it is half of it's a freaking popularity contest and if anything I think me and winning that show and Job getting late is great for the show because I know people that they've asked to go on the show before and they go no way because the only people that can win that show are people that are great dancers so why would I go on that show and embarrass myself? So now the people from Dancing with the Stars can go, look, Bobby won, and Joe went to the freaking semifinals. So come on, try hard, but you know, really like put yourself out there, and you have a, a chance to go far. Um, so as people keep going, ah, the show got canceled because of Bobby. No, the show got canceled because they were doing three Dancing with the Stars at the same time, basically. They did athletes and juniors and adults, and it was just a lot – and American Idol took that first full spring spot anyway. We talked about it in the last episode. So I do that. I go to American Idol. We shoot Hollywood Week. It's absolutely insane. It's crazier than I thought it was. I didn't do Hollywood Week last week, last year. I did it this year. Stayed up every night. Was sick. Uh, fought through it. And here we are now. Ta-da. The end of my year in review as far as it's, that goes. It's a crazy year, It's man. a crazy year. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a crazy year. I'm going to say this, though. It's, it's a year that has... It sounds cool on paper because it was freaking cool. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, a, a year of no balance, though, whatsoever. Nothing personally happened in 2018. I mean, nothing. It was all super professional one thing after the other. And I'm glad because I worked hard for that crap. But as I finish now the year, I'm like, man, I didn't even get a girlfriend that year. And it sucks too to have cool stuff. And I don't mean actual material things that have cool stuff and not be able to share it with anybody. So in like 2021, I'm really going to try on this personal thing. 21? I'm still committed. I got, okay. I got a few more years. I've been working way like, too hard. Next year's 2019. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. I've been working way too hard for... Uh, to, I'm, I'm milking this thing, man. There's a, my window of... These opportunities, I don't feel is very big. It's not like I have this really elite talent that I can go, ah, I'm good. Let me turn down some opportunities. I don't. So, uh, yeah, 2018 was pretty good for me on, this, on the professional side. On the personal side, not so much. Is you know, a year of, I mean, you lived with me for three months. I did nothing except work. Just, I mean, and dancing was working and work. It's true. That's it. <laughs> it was and, one to the other. And then, back I would, to back. and then go to sleep and then do it again. And 
you know, it's I'm back now for Christmas holidays. And by the way, don't feel sorry for me. I've ch- I've chosen this life, and I believe to have something uh, amazing in your life, you have to sacrifice other things. Because I know people that have amazing personal lives, and they're like, "Man, I wish I would have worked harder." I'm like, "Dude, it's just grass is greener. Wherever you are, there's always something cooler over there." And so I have friends that have wonderful families, and I'm so jealous. And he's like, "Yeah," they're like, "Man, I just wish I would have, you know." stayed and spent more hours doing this at work and i'm like yeah but then you wouldn't have the family like you only have so many points and it's like madden the football players you know they give you a you know 100 points and you can put them in you know 22 of them in speed and 18 of them in agility and 12 of them in strength you only have 100 points to put in different places in 2018 i put all 100 of them in professional (laughs) and my football player has zero points in his personal life and so but you know i chose that i put the points there it was a fantastic year for me professionally I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without people that look, like listen to this podcast. I think part of my strength is that I come in numbers, and I know I represent a bunch of people, and so that's why I say we so much. I don't even mean just the radio show. I mean like the people that listen, and I, I catch myself on the air talking about we, and yeah, it's an it's a I come with numbers, and I for now like I represent my people, and they don't always have to let me do that. So, but I'm very grateful for that. There are a lot of things that happened in 2018. Um, I was looking back at some of the biggest news stories, and I always wish I would have kept a journal. Every year when the year ends, I go, you know what? I should have kept a journal the whole year because then I could just really nail these end-of-the-year things. I never do. So I end up Googling what happened in 2018, and I have a bunch of stuff. Uh, musically, I'd like to start with this, and I've picked 10 songs for different reasons. It's not like just a top 10 songs, mm-hmm. but I've put them in top 10 uh, and you'll hear why every single time. At number 10, as I do my top 10 of the year, here is Jillian Jacqueline, Sad Girls. You can't jump out of the car right now It's too damn far to walk along His hand on the wheel while the rain comes down You don't have a cigarette to smoke The reason I picked that is I'm just a massive fan of Jillian as an artist, and she put out a, a side B, which was second half of side A, and I'm just such a fan. I just like it when people that I really enjoy their music. Also, I think Jillian's awesome as a person. I took her out on tour for 2018 for a bit, too. Mm-hmm. She opened for my comedy shows, right? Or did she open for Raging Idiots? Comedy shows. Yeah, comedy shows. Yeah. So uh, I put Jillian Jacqueline at number 10 because she came out and opened for a bunch of my shows, and what's cool is when you can take someone out and be a fan of them at the same time. So she was at opening shows for me and I was just a massive fan. Uh, there's a two-part podcast with her on this too if you search it back. And I think it's only two parts because we were like 45 minutes into it and we were like, well, we're going to talk for a long more time so let's just split it up, right? Yeah. Is that, it wasn't like she came back. No, it was all one day. Okay. Uh, Jillian Jacqueline, Sad Girls at number 10. At number 9, my top 10 of the year, Scotty McCreary, Five More Minutes. Give myself Now, why this song? Not my favorite song. I mean, I like the song, but it's not like I'm picking as one of my favorite songs. But what happened was, is that Scotty had sent me this song. He didn't have a record deal, and the song wasn't out. And it was one of those that I was like, wow, that's really good. Let me let my listeners decide. And so that's why I say we. It's, it's such a numbers game with us. And so I played this song, and you couldn't even download it yet. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Everybody started tweeting, we like that. I'm like, all right, cool. I remember getting Scotty on the phone and him going, yep, uh, 
I'll put, I'll, we'll put that online. And now I can't be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. So they put it up, plays it, it, it propels to, you know, whatever on the uh, streaming and digital charts. Then he gets a record deal because of it. Mm-hmm. Then it goes number one. It's his first ever number one. I have a plaque in here. Yeah. Yeah. Over there. For, and I don't keep many plaques in here unless it's something super personal to me because they throw those things out like candy if you're in the business. But because that was one of those songs that wasn't even out yet, heard it, was like, dude, you got to get that out. I was also like, dude, it's a little too long. Got to shorten it a little bit. <laughs> it was like four minutes. And I was like, it's a long song. Um, but I put that at number nine because it's good for Scotty. Good dude. I love the song when I heard it. And we made it. Uh, we gave it legs and then it made itself a hit. But that's why I put it at number nine. It was a good, good story for us and Scotty and just like the good guy winning one um, and Scotty. And number eight, Marilyn Morris, I Could Use a Love Song. I could use a love song that takes now, back this song came out in 2017, but it hit number one in January of 2018. And it was her first ever freaking number one after she had just crushed it. In my church, should have been a number one. And people were like, it's not researching. And I'm like, you're an idiot. And so my church wasn't number one. And then after it was dropped, it was like the highest testing song. You know, and with all these radio things, these radio people will drive me crazy, obviously. But good for Marin. It was her her first number one song. And I'm a big fan of Marin as a person and as an artist. And, you know, I've known Marin for a while. And I put that at number eight because it's not my favorite song on that album, on that hero album. But it was her first number one. And I think it was a big deal for country music and for her and for females and for just that whole thing. So at number eight, Marin Morris, I could use a love song. Uh, top 10 of 2018. At number seven, Lindsay L. Criminal. Mostly, well, all the way because it was written about me. There you go. <laughs> what do you mean to say? And it, it was her. It was her first top twenty song. Yeah. It, for her, it was the biggest deal. But I didn't talk about that while I was out. Did I? No. I kind of shut it yeah. down because we ended up having to break up because it was just too much stress and pressure on her. Because I remember she got kicked out of a radio studio of another company because she was dating me. And so that was the beginning of the end of our uh, romantic relationship, which sucks because we, it was actually pretty good. It was actually really good sometimes. But that song was written about me. And so number seven, uh, yeah, I'm listening to the words. That's right. It's all about me. Like a thief. Go. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I considered not putting that in the list, but I felt like it wouldn't be honest because when I wrote these down, I was just like, "What would I put on this list?" But yeah, that a lot of that record, had, I was heavily an influence of. Go back and read all those lyrics. Not all. Well, I'm scared of her next record because it's probably gonna be the opposite. Uh, number six, David Lee Murphy. Everything's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be just because it's a jam, and because David Lee Murphy is. Old school and new school at the same time, and there's a good uh, Bobby cast with David Lee Murphy. I like the guy a lot. Didn't know him really. I met him, and he still wrote a bunch of songs around Nashville. But by the way, he is. There's gonna be a little dust on the bottle. Big country song. If you listen to country music, um, huge song in like the '90s. But he came back. I think he's maybe 60. Is he 60? I think so. Yeah. And good for him. And everybody loves him in town. And I, I met him at a Toby Keith concert. I was opening up. Eddie and I were opening up for Toby Keith, and he was watching on the side. Google his age, will you? Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I met him. And the, but the first time I heard that song, I remember driving, and I was like, 
there's this guitar riff that goes, bang, bang, bang. And I was like, I don't even know who sings this song, but that's a jam. And uh, I just loved it so much. And I was, it was good to see him. He's not on a major label. It was good to see him uh, have a number one song. He's 59. Okay, so he's basically, good, good for him. Uh, number five, just love this song. And I think I told Brett when he was in here, like, this is one of those songs I listen to and go, man, that song's speaking to me. It's Brett Eldridge, The Long Way. Take me the long way around your town. Like, sappy song where it's like, I can't wait to meet you and then take me the long way around your town, tell me all about you. And I was like, man, that song speaks to me because that's what I'm looking for. And then uh, I put that at five for a couple reasons. One, because I loved that song. That's my favorite song of his ever. And then... I think I went number one. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if I went number one. But also, Brett and I have become friends in 2018. Uh, Casey Musgraves at number four with Slow Burn. Which has been my favorite album of the year. I've kind of had to stop saying that because it it started to be the cool thing to say once she won the CMA for album of the year. And I had to be like, when I was a Cubs fan, I've been a Cubs fan my whole life. And when they won the World Series, I had to stop saying I was a Cubs fan because everybody became a Cubs fan all of a sudden. And I knew in my heart I was a Cubs fan, so I didn't even need to say it anymore. Like, I was a, I am a true diehard Cubs fan. So when, when it became cool to like the Cubs, I knew in my heart I didn't need to share I liked the Cubs anymore because everybody liked the Cubs. But I felt good about it because I was a freaking Cubs fan from the beginning. Same thing with, I'm just a huge Casey fan. Of all the like new newer artists in the past 20 years, like Garth aside, like... Casey Musgraves is my favorite country artist. So, yeah, Slow Burn at number four, because that album was so good. Uh, number three on my top ten songs of the year, uh, The Middle from Marin and Zed and all those. Just because, holy crap, this this was the jam of the year. Possibly the biggest, I don't know if I don't like a pop charts anymore. Maybe the biggest song of the year isn't, even if not from charts, the Target commercials had this song launched. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, that's so... Like, yeah, they put millions of dollars into it at the very, very, very beginning. And it was on every Target commercial. Maybe during the Super Bowl, if I'm thinking. I think that's, yeah, where that premiered. And so, what a massive look for her. Like I told you earlier, I like Marin a whole lot. And this song just a jam. I remember her playing in the middle of her set at the iHeart Country Festival. And again, she's playing all her songs. And then she plays the middle. The freaking place exploded. And I think it was the first time she'd ever played that herself. Like, as a Marin Morris song without the other guys. Like, she didn't go up with Zed and Chainsaw. Who are the other dudes else on it? The, the Traveling Wilburys? Whoever it is. And I remember, because I was talking to her before she performed, and she was like, it's the first time I'm going to play it. And I recorded it, and I went back and talked to her after, and I was like, oh, the whole arena was absolutely bonkers. Because as an artist, you have these ears in, and you, it, it kind of cuts off the sound to the outside. And you keep these ears in so you can hear all the instruments playing. Because if you're just playing in a loud arena, there's a bunch of instruments playing around you. You can't really hear anything. So you, that's why they keep those ears uh, in their ears, those uh, the ear monitors. And I was like, oh, the whole place erupted. And she didn't need me to tell her. But we'd had that conversation, and I wanted to show her the video. But yeah, that song was a, the, just a jam. Uh, number two, my favorite Keith Urban song. This song was never a single at radio. I do believe it was just nominated for a Grammy, though, oddly. Uh, it's Keith Urban, Parallel Line. Take a little bit of my heart tonight. No, baby, be mine now. Baby, be mine now. Maybe it's time. This is from uh, his 
Graffiti U album, which I really liked, and it was one of the few times. That, and I've I have a pretty good personal relationship with Keith. Always super friendly. Was always a good relationship. But I remember, and I don't listen to music early with artists. Um, but I remember I went over to Keith's house and. And he has a whole studio in his house, and he was like, "Bobby, listen to this Cassie Ash." He has some with Cassie Ash on the album, and then I don't know. I, I feel kind of a like I really like the record unfairly, maybe because I get to hear some stuff early. I don't remember why I was even over there. It's about something else, but anyway, that song is my favorite song from that record, and I really like the record, so I put it at number two. And that song's a jam, and number one of my top ten songs of the year: uh, Dan and Shay Tequila. A complete game changer for these guys who, they just go, they grind it out, they try all these different things, they get, they're underappreciated in our format, but, man, massive hit for them, that song, and meant to be, and meant to be probably a, a bigger song, I'm not sure, I don't, depending on what standards, but that's my number one song, Tequila. But I just separated them, and I was upset for them they didn't win any of the CMAs. I didn't care which one they won. because And listen, everybody who won those CMAs that they were up for was deserving of it. I just thought they'd pull at least one of the three they were nominated for. But they're up for um, a couple Grammys, too. But those are two dudes that Dan and Shade, they're in like my class, meaning we start at the same time. I came and started to do my thing right when they joined together and started to do their thing, and I remember the first time that they had that song, uh, 23 You and Me, or 19 You and Me. 19 You and Me. 23 and Me is the, <laughs> the D- DNA testing kit. Yeah. And I remember um, they had just put it out, and I was playing it, and Nada was really good friends with them separately. And Nada used to do digital for us. And uh, I was like, man, these guys sound like, they're like the country Savage Garden. They really could have took that the wrong way, or the way that most people would have taken it. And they did, and they were like, that's funny. And they came up and they did Savage Garden, I Knew I Loved You. And it was, and I was like, okay, these guys are down. Like, was just being cool, and the joke doesn't always have to be. It can actually be like, if the joke's on me, as long as I'm in on the joke, I'm cool. Like, make fun of me all you want. Um, and they were like, yeah, make fun of us. Let's come perform. And I did, and we became friends. And that's a game changer for them. And I'm, that's my number one song of the year, Dan and Shade Tequila. There it is. for different reasons there but that was it's a big big cool year for those guys that song I think kind of crossed over a little bit some of the other things that happened in 2018 there was the uh, and you, you think back to how big this big this thing was for like a week and how stupid it is now <laughs> but it was the Yanny or Laurel and everybody would hear different things so here's the clip Laurel now Laurel what do you hear Yanny and I, I think every clip I, I don't know. I hear Yanny now. What did I used to hear? Do you know? I think Yanny, yeah. Did I did? Here's did like a shit? different version of it. Laurel. Okay, I hear Yanny all, every time. Yanny? Yeah. Maybe the show all heard Laurel, mm-hmm. and they all yelled at me because I was stupid. But I really hear Yanny. And you hear Yanny? I hear Yanny. But, yeah, a lot of marriages broke up because of that. God, it's a sad time. On June 23rd, those, those uh, Thai boys at soccer team, they went hiking in a cave, and they got trapped. And that was in 2018. And then we all just watched on the news, hoping that they would, they would get out of there. And Thai Navy SEALs ended up freeing all of them. 
and their coach after 18 days. And I remember it, they were like, the rain's coming. What do we do? And then the, and like Tesla was like, yeah, oh, I'll get it. <laughs> and it was like, man. <clears throat> um, so that happened. I think one of the Thai Navy SEALs died too, right? Like early on in that. Like one person died, but it was one of the rescuers. Uh, Rita Franklin died in 2018, August of 2018. Uh, yes. Nope. <laughs> the um, royal wedding happened in 2018, which I actually kind of cared about, not because I care about the royals, but because I watched The Crown on Netflix, and The Crown is true, 98% true, because I had Wikipedia, and Wikipedia is 98% true. And so I, I got really into the royal family because I just felt like I was watching another episode of The Crown on Netflix. And so it's interesting to me. And then also, the dude in the royalness, what's his name? Harold? Prince Harry? Yeah. He married someone that had been married before, was an American, and was biracial, which I think was all new to that. Like here in the, in the States, or here it's like you and I, that's, that's just a normal person. But to that, to the royal family, I think they have these crazy rules where they all that stuff isn't supposed to happen. Listen, I don't know. I just watched The Crown, <laughs> watched it on Netflix, thought it was good. That was a little boring at times, but I still learned a lot. But yeah, that happened. And um, uh, uh, Meghan Markle, and she was on. I didn't watch Suits. You watch Suits? I never watched it. No. That would be weird though if I would have been a big fan because I could see where fans of of that show would go. Well, that's weird with this character that I like. Like I think about you know if uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead. You know, was marrying a prince, and it was. I'd be like, "That's the weirdest thing." The freaking zombie killers marrying a prince. So the people that watch Suits probably had to be weirded out a little bit by that. Uh, a crazy thing was Bill Cosby. Just like what an awful dude, huh? And who knew? Forever. And that the, I was watching on CNN, they had this whole special on clean comics. You watching the history of comedy ever? A little bit, yeah. I watched it. I was on the bus uh, traveling with Dancing with the Stars, and. I was what it was a whole like hour on just clean comics because they do this series, the history of comedy, and they were talking about Bill Cosby and how he was like the best clean comic and the juxtaposition of how he's just the worst human on stage. He was the cleanest and funniest, and off stage he was obviously just the worst and was raping people. And so uh, this is the year where he was convicted of aggravated indecent assault. I don't even know what that means. I just know he's a rapist, right? Yeah. Uh, he's sentenced to 30, 10 years in prison. Going to die in jail. Um, yeah, I mean, like, go away, Bill Cosby. He just did it for so long, it was never caught. And that sucks. Uh, but that was a big deal. I mean, Bill, you can't even catch the Cosby show on TV anymore. And it was that's such a good show. I remember Amy talking about she was annoyed because that show was so good that, that she liked it and her, and her kids would like it. And now, of course, you can't keep the Cosby show on. It's a freaking rapist. You can't have that. So, um, and all those people that worked on the Cosby show that were getting paid. Yeah, they yeah, lost a they lot. They lost, yeah. Uh, Mac Miller died. Now, I think maybe you were a bigger Mac Miller fan than I was. Yeah, I like Mac Miller. I really knew him mostly as Ariana Grande's boyfriend. And I don't really know that much about Ariana Grande. But I knew him most from that. But he was just a white rapper, right? Yeah, I saw. I, the first time I saw him was with Lil Wayne. He did a show in Austin. I went to go see him. I was like, who's this guy? Oh, you saw him live? Yeah. Is he good? Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Uh, he died. Mm. Oh, you know, because I'm looking at notes. That freaking climbing raccoon in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. 
because it was like the climbing raccoon. I was like, what does that even mean? In the summer of 2018, a raccoon climbed this skyscraper in Minnesota, and we watched it. We were like, is he going to fall? I mean, we would track it. Was he going to fall off and die? Is he going to make it? That freaking raccoon climbed to the top. He made it. He climbed the entire skyscraper. How about that? The climbing even thought about the climbing raccoon. Uh, George H.W. Bush is passing in his funeral. That's pretty recent. Um, on November 20th, he passed away. Uh, that's, that's sad. You know, I'll tell you about that. The, the thing that came from that, and I don't, I'm not sure how old he was. Was he nine? Do you know how old he was? 94. Right? He was 94. Mm-hmm. Lived a long life, right? I hope to live to be 94 years old. But I can tell you, for me, what I found the best about after he passed was that both sides, red and blue, Democrat, Republican, Everybody just kind of got along for a minute because he was just a good dude, meaning he, did, he served in every capacity. And it was like, man, he, listen, I don't know him personally. I don't know how good a dude he was every day. But to look at his credentials as a public servant, he did it on all levels, including serving in the freaking military and crashing a plane. Like, and so you saw both sides go, like that sucks and because it sucked for both sides it kind of felt like both sides kind of were together and so as sad as that was for people who knew him to me I didn't know him it was almost like a breath of fresh air afterward even at the funeral you were sad but in a way of like there was like a real beauty to President Obama George his son President Bush's son uh, Hillary Clinton all of them there Together. And then screaming at each other in little boxes on TV. So, yeah, rest in peace to him. Um, there was the, speaking of Ariana Grande, Aaron Peep David. Did you see what happened with him? I guess he wrote on Instagram that he was like thinking yeah. about killing himself. Mm-hmm. And then I see that Machine Gun Kelly, again, I don't even know these people except for TMZ puts them up on my feed. I get Machine Gun Kelly's a rapper. He's the guy that came after Eminem, mm-hmm. like flies in against their boys. Yeah. And then Pete Davidson went on SNL like three hours later. Yeah, but he only did the intro to Miley Cyrus, and that was it. But I guess it was more of a, hey, let's show people that, like, we got him. Mm-hmm. We're under control. Like, he's surrounded with good people, right? Yeah. Hmm. That was, I, I followed that engagement a bit because, well, I think Pete, Pete Davidson's super funny. He's didn't, really funny. Didn't he get, um, like, clean? He go through, like, rehab and get clean? Yeah, but I think he started smoking again fairly recently. Well, I think I started to like follow his story after he got clean, and then like here's a nerdy, funny dude dating this super hot chick, and I'm like, all right, I like this. So I started like, and then all you know, all this stuff happens, like where they get tattoos and engaged, and I mean, but now it just seems like getting engaged is like first base now in Hollywood. He's like, all right. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> Let's get engaged. I swipe left. You swipe left or swipe right? Whatever. <laughs> That's right. Swipe. Um, what else had Post Malone had the, uh, it was up in an airplane. Yeah. And they were like, well, his tires exploded. <laughs> we're not sure if the plane's going to land and he might die. And so we all, much like we watched the raccoon, we watched Post Malone fly around up in the air. And so he was uh, one of 16 passengers on a private jet and I mean, think about this for a second. Upon takeoff, the tires blow out. Mm-hmm. So the whole time, you know that what's about to happen, 
is dangerous. And I would just like for them to blow out, like right before we land. So there's only like a minute I got to worry. Like the whole time they're worried. They're like, we got to get down. And so uh, he was on his way to England to perform at a festival. And so I think what they did is they burned off a bunch of fuel. They just kept flying around. And then flew around. The whole time knowing their tires were blown out. His manager was like posting on his Insta story. Is like, that right? Yeah. Well, it was so I guess happening. they had Wi-Fi on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, oh, there we go. Thank you. I hit the wrong button. Uh, LeBron goes to the Lakers. Roseanne Barr tweets. And they cancel freaking the biggest show on TV. Yeah. I... Sometimes smart people can be so dumb. And I've done some really dumb things. Not anything down the same lines of that, where people are like, she's tweeting racist things, um, which I thought she tweeted something racist. I've done things like set off EAS and get fined a million dollars, like really dumb things. But just the scale of she had the biggest show on all TV. It was doing... I'm not sure what it was doing at one point because the numbers are, are so low now in general because there are so many options. Uh, but it was doing like tens of millions of viewers and gone. Just like that. You know what we learned from this, kids? Freaking don't be a racist. And if you are, well, you need some, need some help. Then if you take help, then shut up. Um, who knows? I don't even know. I just couldn't believe that a, a, a massive show like that and good for them for pulling it because I think it set a precedent too. Like, don't we don't have any room for racism here? So that's that was a big story though, and they pulled it quick, really it, quick. It was like ABC. You know, they got pulled to an emergency meeting. They sat around they're like, "What do we do?" And you know, I applaud them for making a decision. I got no room for racism in my heart. And I was like, "Well, they just, regardless of the reasons that they talked about in the room, I don't know what they talked about in the room. It wasn't in the room, but good for them." For setting that precedent. Like, you want to be a racist, or if you want to be, like, we don't have room for you here. And, you know, that goes for a lot of, um, a lot of the ists we have no room for. Uh, John McCain died. That's, uh, that, that sucked. That was another one of those this year where you go, where people kind of came together a bit. Most people came together. And, again, what did, he spent more than five years as a POW. And, they were going to let him out earlier because he had some privilege. And he said, nope, not leaving. All my dudes leave. So he stayed for five years. He stayed in the POW camp. I mean, that's a hero. That dude's a straight hero. Anthony Bourdain died. Isn't it crazy, though, too, now how fast news stories come and go and it's like on to the next? Even I had to double check that it happened this year. That happened so fast. Even if it's a big thing. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, there it is. And like you go, huh. Like, when Anthony Bourdain died, that was a big, 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 big deal. Now, it's not even really a thing unless you were super close to him or really, really watched the show. The show's doing another season, I think, they're about to show, so it'll kind of come back up. I think a, a season he shot before he died. But um, it's crazy how many things happen and just move. Uh, in country music, Keith Urban won Entertainer of the Year, which was crazy. Um, and again, I speak from a biased place because I really like Keith, but there are a lot of, it's weird for me because I had the luxury of being friends or at least friendly with a lot of these people. And so I think Stapleton was up there. Aldine was up there. Luke, Kenny and Keith and Keith won. And I don't think Keith was expecting it. And so that was a really cool moment at the CMAs. 
uh, country music, Carrie Underwood's face injury. We were the first show I remember her coming. We were the first interview she did when she came back. And I just think that was not because I'm some stellar interviewer, which I am, by the way. Don't get me wrong. I'm the best. <laughs> but I think it's that she felt comfortable that I wasn't going to take her somewhere she didn't want to go. And Carrie and I have worked together and, um, and even socially. And even with American Idol, we share people like agent people. Like, I just think that, uh, that there was a, a, a trust with that. And she came in on the show, and I know that she was nervous about it, and it's up on YouTube. And, and good for her because, they, I, listen, there was some stuff that I didn't know. None of us knew. But apparently it was so bad she didn't know she'd be able to sing again. She had 40 to 50 stitches like in her face, and that's her tool for, for work. Like She had 50 stitches in her tool that she makes a living off of, which is singing. And so that was the deal. Nashville was canceled. Uh, Sugarland got back as, as as a band, which was cool for me because Christian Bush and I are, or Christian and I are, um, he's half of Sugarland. Christian and I are super close, um, and we wrote some songs together, and uh, they got back together. So I was happy to see that. I think that's most of the year. Um, here are the highest rated TV events of the year. Are they all? They're all sports. They're all sports. Mm-hmm. A sports is the only thing that's going to keep. People going in at set times to watch television, myself included, meaning I watch network TV shows. I really don't, I don't watch them when they come on. And, and listen, I'm not going on a limb by saying this in any way because everyone sees it happening. But the live, and maybe, maybe not just sports, but live events are going to be really what keep people at networks or at appointment television times. Otherwise, we're just going to watch things when I watch them. There's no need to gather around the TV set. And again, who's watching TV on TV all the time? I watch 85%. I consume probably 85% of my visual media through my laptop or my phone. The only thing I watch on TV is I'll turn it on if I'm going to sleep to watch Friends or if Comedy Central's playing The Office over and over. I don't have to think about it. I just keep it on. But I don't really watch TV anymore unless it's the Super Bowl, number one. The World Series, number two. The NBA Finals, number three. The Winter Olympics, number four, and the Stanley Cup Finals, number five. You have to watch those because if you don't, one, you wouldn't go back and watch it on replay anyway. And two, it's such a big story that it's all out there on the internet. You can't get on the internet without seeing the end of it. Um, but even some live shows, like I would say even like Dancing with the Stars. I'll give that as an example because I'm on there. Like That show's live, and there's something to live shows, and that's going to be what keeps, in my opinion, people watching network television. Because you're seeing these numbers go way down in, in, uh, cons- in live consumption. Because why would you? Un- unless you just happen to... There's no point to ever go, gotta get home. Back in the day, gotta get yeah. home. Freaking full house is gonna be on. And if I'm not in my, on the couch when full house forever. is on, I don't get to see it. And it wasn't like anyone knew how to record on their VCR when they weren't there. The only way that we could figure out how to record on a VCR was if you put the blank tape in, push record, play, and then record it, and you were already there anyway. So, yeah, there was no DVR. There wasn't even really a bootleg DVR back in the day, unless you had a friend record it for you. Like, that was DVR. Someone who was smart (laughs) enough to have a VCR and could put a blank tape in for you and record it and then get you the blank tape. Because you weren't putting a blank tape in with a timer on a VCR. I couldn't even work the clock on a VCR, much less the timer. (laughs) So... Um, that's the that's the deal for for networks live shows, you know even like American Idol I'm on that so I'll speak on that those live shows where you vote 
that would be something that keeps people watching. The Voice. Uh, what else is happening live now that you can watch and vote? Because if it, then you fall off and you see it on the internet and you go, nah. But anyway, uh, there's that deal. But 2018's been freaking crazy, man. For me, it's been crazy. I had a lot of uh, a lot of new things happen, you know, career-wise. I, you know, I, I've often said that I'm so lucky to be so exhausted. And man, like right now, I'm peak tired. It's almost time for me to be over. Like I drove home for one day today just because I could lay in my own bed. I'm driving back to Birmingham in the morning to do a show, and then drive back from Birmingham tomorrow night. Um, I'm so lucky to be so tired because I've worked so hard to have these opportunities, and uh, 2018 has been been nutty for me all around. I'm healthy. I mean, I'm not healthy right this second because I have this, this, I don't know what I have. I have some sort of like m- mixture of like mad cow and the sniffles and they, they mix just right where they will not go away. And, I can't, and I've taken every bit of medicine I can take, but here's the problem is I haven't been sleeping still. Because they're, they're, and that's, that's where it all comes. Your body just can't get better if you don't rest it. So after I finish the show tomorrow night in Birmingham, I'm just going to sleep. I have no plans for the holidays except to rest. And most of the time I go like, oh, why, why, why? But I need to rest one. And two, I didn't put in any work to cultivate anything like relationship-wise to have anything to do with the holidays. So I don't know. I don't feel sorry for myself. Some years I feel sorry for myself. And then some years I was just an idiot. Like when Lindsay and I were dating, I didn't go to her place for Christmas. I just was like, I don't want to go to Canada because what does that mean? Am I married now? I got to go spend family. And I don't like to sleep. I don't have a TV in the bedroom and I don't sleep. I can't sleep without the TV. And then ah, and I freaked myself out. So I've either been an idiot or felt sorry for myself or this year. It's like I put all my eggs into this basket. And so I'm never a big fan of the holidays. But this year I'm actually pretty good because I'm going to take a break from, from everything. Make it on this app. I'm on this. this oh, yeah? Well, I've been on this app a little bit, this dating app. I haven't met anybody from it, but I've been on it. Raya, you familiar with it? I'm aware of it. Yeah. I got back on it, and then and there's really nothing. Everybody's in, like, other states. How are you supposed to have a dating thing? I'm not flying anywhere else. I don't have time. When I go to California to work, everybody's like, oh, you're in L.A. all the time. Look how cool you are. I'm like, when I'm in L.A., as soon as I land, I drive to work. Or I drive right to go to bed so I can work the next day. And then I have a, my real job, which is the most important job to me. I, 2018 was also a year that I think my company was testing me a bit. Where they're like, okay, go and do your stuff. But if ratings go down while you're doing it, we're going to bust your balls. And even like Dancing with the Stars. And I think I even wondered, like, ooh, what's going to happen? But I think, and this was the first year that I actually brought someone in to actually like look over things. And Mike was that guy. And... It was just like, all right, let's, and the ratings went up, went far, significantly up. So I appreciate that. And a lot of that was new audience coming in from the TV show. But also, we kept the show a real priority, um, even when you know, we were out of our comfort zone. And you had to take on a lot more this year. Yeah, we went hard, man. A lot more. <laughs> a lot. I mean, there would be times in the car, Mike would just be briefing me on things. Yeah. I felt like the president going to a meeting, like, okay, here's what happened. I've never worked more from the back of a car than yeah. I did this year. Okay, Bobby, here's what happened. All right, Al Deaton had another baby, right? And he's feeling pretty good about it. And I'm, 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 Yeah, so when we would get there, and I, I, I'd be in the know. I'd be sweating and just disgusting, and the show would have to deal with me being just so tired. And if I was so tired, I was either loopy, happy, or just cranky. But we did it, man. We did it, and we're here. And, um, yeah, my big takeaway from 2018 is that it was a, a, a jam-packed year. 
And I have learned that hopefully what we do, I can do on a bigger level and hopefully continue to represent the people even better than that. I tell you, that dancing show, and I say this, it wasn't a dumb show to me and it's not a dumb show to them, but people that don't know about Dance with the Stars, it's just a dumb dancing show. But that dumb dancing show really shifted on the amount of, like, just the amount of good that I feel like I can do for other people because I feel like people will listen if they can just be exposed. And I just want to keep a good message so people can hear it. And so, like, that's my goal. 2018 showed me that. I shouldn't have won that show. I did win the show. And you know what? I should have won the show because I did. I, I should have won it based on past standards where just good dancers came in. Who cares? Um, we broke the show in a way of they won't cast that show the same anymore. And I think more people will be a part of it. And I think, you know, um, I, even with American Idol, they brought me on because I wasn't famous. And I would talk to people like a normal human. And on Dancing with the Stars, I was a normal human. I think it's the year of the normal human. That's right. I think the normal human <laughs> won one this year. So we won one, folks. The normal human won one this year. It. it was amazing. Chalk one up for the normal human. <laughs> the just okay looking, uh, nothing too fancy about him, talks with an accent. Uh, normal human's got one. Score one for the little guy. All right. This has been 20. What's been your takeaway from the year, Mike? Do you give us something here? I mean... I think a big thing for me this year was doing the comedy stuff. Like that was kind of towards the beginning of the year where you gave me that slot of opening for you in Iowa, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, man, you ever done? You ever thought about doing comedy? I know you you like comedy and you're right." Like, you're like, yeah. I was like, "Hey, why don't you do a few minutes?" Okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> and then you went out to open mic nights and just bombed over and over again. It was not, so brutal, man. And not because you weren't funny, but because the crowds were there to watch like a tuba player, someone do slam poetry, uh, and yeah, you would go out and work on material, and then you opened up all year on tour. Yeah, learned about yourself, made a little extra money, got a girlfriend. Did get a girlfriend. For the first time in your life. First time ever. Look at you. Look at you. Well, uh, thank you all. This probably will be the last episode of the year possibly not i don't know it depends on if mike and i are like hey you bored <laughs> uh that's wanted to get one on um i gotta go back i'm gonna go to bed and then i'm gonna go dance tomorrow and then i'm gonna be done uh don't forget check out what what should i promote here we have their ears anything amy check out amy, again amy's, amy's got a really new podcast. Good, yeah. people are really liking that four things podcast it's about four things I don't know what things they are. They're all different things every time. She breaks it up. It's four different things. Uh, and good for her because it's going to be a big one. People love that Amy. And then uh, Lunchbox, Eddie and Ray have their sports show. If you like sports, how is that thing going? It's going good. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. They talk about sports or they yell at each other? Uh, they yell at each other for about 10 minutes at the beginning and then they talk about sports. They do? Yeah. I would listen at first and then I was like, I hear this every day. Like, I'm in the room with them all the time. <laughs> no, it's changed since just them, like, ah. Oh, it has? It's gotten to, like, all right, let's do this first, and then we'll get into it. Oh, yeah, you really? Know, they have structure now. Well, look at them. They've grown. <laughs> I'll also be checking that out. All right, thank you very much. Episode 148 of the Bobbycast. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. If I don't uh, see you before then, or if you don't hear from me, do appreciate you on Instagram, Mr. Bobby Bones, and have a good one, everybody. Bye, everybody.